ladies, and welcome to the slush pile. Um, we do all of the editorial work, so you don't have to. Um, and that means that we want to show you what we do um, as we pull these magazine issues together for your consideration. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Painted Bride Quarterly Slush Pile. My name is Marion Wren. I'm, I've been editing PBQ for a really long time with Kathleen Volkmiller, and I'm speaking to you from Abu Dhabi, and sitting right next to me is... Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Samantha Nukabauer. I've been working with Marion uh, in Abu Dhabi for the last five or so years, and I'm excited to talk about poetry tonight. Yahoo! And since the gravitational center of this little podcast is here in Abu Dhabi, we're going to tilt the world towards Philadelphia and say, hello, Addison. What are you doing? Um, chilling in <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> And Addison, where are you? I am in the basement of a Drexel University building that shall go unnamed. <laughs> Excellent. And who's in the studio with you? We've got a Joe. <laughs> go Joe. Hello, Joe. Hi, Hi Joe. How's it going? <laughs> this is the apparently the, uh, the the sick edition of the podcast. Yes, the the people who are far flung but close knit edition. Um, so Addison and Joe are in the studio in Philadelphia, um, but close by, though a little bit far away, is Kathy Volkmiller. Hi, Kathleen. Where are you, and what are you doing? I'm blowing my nose. <laughs> I'm drinking ice. I'm drinking a hot tea with apple cider vinegar and honey, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wash this cold right out of me. Okay. Um, gone. I'm working on it as we speak. And, and make sure you rinse your mouth out after the apple cider because it's bad for your teeth. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Apple cider is really actually I'm drinking a cup of coffee, a cup of tea with apple cider vinegar, and a bottle of seltzer water because I really do believe in flushing a cold. So no, you absolutely have to flush a cold. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's true. I love that, that the concern for dental hygiene also is right in there with the concern for killing that cold. Um, and with uh, with that concern is Jason. Where are you, Jason? I, I'm in my bed. <laughs> I haven't gotten out of bed yet. <laughs> I just grabbed my laptop and I may or may not be hungover. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> but it won't affect any of my editorial acumen, I promise. <laughs> I love how that's, um, you know, I don't know, like cross time zones, half jet lagged, half hungover. Everybody's got the sniffles. It's a very, very special episode. <laughs> but I, I kind of like my voice when I'm hungover. I don't know if I don't know if other people do or not. But will people not recognize me? Do I sound like myself? You sound like you. Okay. You, you, you all sound kind of like like stretched out and sexy. You know what I mean? Okay. Like. <laughs> is making you all sexy <laughs> like your doppelgangers yes indeed <laughs> not our ordinary doppelgangers <laughs> not, your, not your ordinary doppelgangers um way to go segues so um we are talking about one poem on this episode um in the in our fabulous slush pile style um this poem came to us by a poet named daryl jones uh and it's a single poem from the batch that he submitted to us and it's called not your ordinary doppelganger um and my 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 crew of far-flung close-knit snifflers i wonder i wonder if anyone such as maybe i don't know addison might want to read this poem all right. I think I that's a great idea. I think I can okay. take it up. 
<laughs> not your ordinary doppelganger. In my teens, my father liked to wear my hand-me-downs, anything I'd outgrown. A lime green pullover sweater, piled, uh, stretched out at the neck. A gold-buttoned blue blazer, sleeves shiny at the elbows, threadbare at the wrists. His favorite, it turned out, was my high school letter jacket. Navy wool, white leather sleeves, a big block letter P on the breast. You really gonna wear that, he'd joke? In public? With P on it? When I left for college, he took to wearing it while raking leaves or shoveling snow. My high school friends driving past would think he was me, back home, flunked out, and wave. And he'd wave back. Thanks, Addison. Great reading. Oh, I love this poem. (laughs) The pee joke, it took me a minute. The pee joke is so funny. It's a dad joke. It's such a dad joke. Like, it stands out because it's in uh, italics, and so that caught my eye immediately, and then I go through the rest of the poem. Where's the P? And even reading big block letter P, I had to do that two or three times. No, no, no. I I didn't get it. And then when you get it, it's so rewarding. (laughs) And, And that joke is a very old joke in Twelfth Night. Malvolio, when identifying Olivia's hand, says, and this is how she makes her great peas. <laughs> and I had to explain to my students, like, that's funny, just not to you. <laughs> so in, in bed with a hangover, you can make that poll. That's pretty good. Spider-Man, <laughs> that's miraculous. So I was at a bar mitzvah. My, my, my twin nephews were bar mitzvah this weekend. Aww. And so... I spent a lot of time with like all this like intergenerational handover and, you know, sort of all of these dads who are getting old and nephews and cousins who are becoming young men. And I mean, not really, I mean, they're 13, but still, but then they're, you know, the ones who are 14 and 15 and 16. And, and you realize that the whole like dad joke thing is that as kids get bigger, you sort of stay set in like, the, like you're still responding to someone who someone was like two, four, three, five years ago. And like the whole, the whole dad joke thing is sort of like this weird um, trajectory miss. Um, and, and I loved this, the, the way this kind of captures um, that handover and the way the dad like ultimately takes on the son's persona, but without, but it, but when he does, it's pathetic. The students are like, "Oh, there's the failure." Our friend is, and he's just like, "Hey there," because he knows it's yeah. not true. I was like, "Copy, ask," and it's brilliant. Like I was, oh my god, I, I I have to I have to stop myself from telling really personal stories that this brings up for me. Um, but I just thought this captures that moment of that hinge where like you're helping someone get ready for life, and then they kind of leave you behind. But like, that was your life and it's okay. Right. Oh my God, Jason, what a great description of it. One of the things that um, I was thinking about and Sam and I were talking about was the the way this poem plays with nostalgia in a way. Like it really feels like this this sort of painful moment, like sweet and painful moment, right? Of the, the dad wearing the son's clothes, <laughs> right? Like, and it's, it's, I have to say that's something that 
my mom and I will do. Like I will sometimes wear her sweaters or she'll wear my sweaters. And there's this like cuddling kind of thing about it. Right. Um, Which is slightly different than, Hey, you look hot in that. Right. Right. Like my mom and I aren't swapping high heels. We're swapping old Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Slankets. Yeah. Exactly. I was just reading this article about how, um, how, you know, we smell like our parents and we smell like our siblings and they think that might be one of the biological, um, impetus for like kind of evil stepmothers <laughs> like what? they add, oh. yeah so, <laughs> that they they don't their stepchildren don't smell like them and oh. so <clears throat> I, thinking about this it also makes me think about how our smell despite how many times we wash things can kind of imprint on our clothing right. yeah, and you throw on this old sweater this you know this pee this pee jacket and it, the <laughs> right. father's Oh, kind of just masking in the smell of his son. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. That's funny. But I think too, it's like, it's like there's that sweetness to it, but the dad is really kind of funny. Like yeah. he's busting yeah. his and stones by by waving back to the friends and letting the friends believe that <laughs> the dude fell out of school. Like yeah. that's just hysterical. Yeah. I also love how like, in the speaker's <laughs> mind, like his dad is just like perpetually like raking leaves or shoveling snow. Like <laughs> it's just like his like dad job, and it's just like he'll continue to do that forever. Yeah. Like oh, uh, <laughs> that with the boulder like, rolling it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? Yeah. Of love's yeah. austere and lonely offices <laughs> and a PJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love I love how all like the clothes means that the dad continues to inhabit the yeah. son's past. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And he keeps it alive, right? Uh, because yeah. like in so many ways, like our past is just uh is just is just past. But there's something beautiful about like I don't know, like when when I return home and my mom brings up people, she's like, so have you heard what's happened with X? And I'm like, no, why do I care what happens with her? But our parents like keep up this like part of us that lived while we lived together and like no longer exist in other ways. (laughs) Although I have um, I won't tell the whole story, but my mother at one point asked me if I remembered something about my past. And I said, no, that's not what happened. And then she said, no. And then she gave me a version of events. And then when I said, no, this is what it actually was. She said, I thought you'd forgotten. Oh, <laughs> no, she was trying to implant false memories in me. <laughs> this is not sweet. My mother was actively trying to gaslight me. <laughs> about things that happened when I was five. I think that happens. Speaking from experience, are you endorsing gaslighting your children? Well, I think it's just in the natural course of events. You know, everybody, everybody has their own story anyway, right? Already? No, no, no. This wasn't. This wasn't. This wasn't. I had a different version of that. It was like once I said, "This is what happened." She was like, "Oh yeah, that was really terrifying," and I thought you'd forgotten about it, and I could replace your memory with something. Well, because she was hoping you had is still my point. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I will always defend the mother. You'll always be on the mom's (laughs) side. But I I think that this this poem like really gets it. Like the relationship. I mean, I think this is a really, this is a really kind relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we we tend to kind of have relationships between parents and children that are are much more tortured, right. or much more violent, or much more um, fraught. And this seems so gentle and so kind of like delicate in the balance of the kind of moving of the two timelines. Mm-hmm. I just I just think it's so well done. Mm-hmm. KVM. Yeah. Kathleen, do you do you feel like you want to say anything with, from your snuffles and your cold, or how do you feel? I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying. I'm nodding and sipping my tea, and nodding and sipping my tea, <laughs> then rinsing out your mouth to protect your teeth. Brush those teeth. Um, what? Well, okay, so I just want to note. I mean, we laugh a lot on this podcast, right? And that's part of the joy of doing this work. Like, even if the poem's really dark and devastating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have such joy. Uh, cracking each other up about life and poetry. It's not often though that the poem itself achieves that level of humor. And mm-hmm. I and I, years ago we did a humor issue. It was actually quite hard to fill it. You know, yeah. we could, you know, when we were doing themed issues, um, humor was one of them that was a, a favorite of mine. And it was it was tricky, right? And so I think that's one of the reasons this poem sort of rises to the surface in the slush pile and caught our attention because as, as Jason points out, it's gentle, but the humor really, I mean, it really lands, you know, mm-hmm. in that, in that, in that, you know, benevolent ball busting wave back at, mm-hmm. at these kids. And that, and that issue, I mean, part of what was so hard to fill about that issue was it was all these people who were trying to be funny Right. And so they were they were doing all of these things where like they were sacrificing so much of the relationships that were established in the poem. They they were sort of sacrificing things in order to make them humor or what they thought would be humorous. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just sort of like reading terrible entries for like shouts and murmurs in The New Yorker Mm -hmm. and something like this. What's beautiful about the humor is that it realigns something that it's not funny. Um, you know, like it's funny because it's true or it's funny because it's not true. It's funny because it it realigns your understanding of how that relationship is structured. Um, <clears throat> this is the only one we're discussing from him. But Jason, you should dip in and look at look at his other stuff because oh, I can't wait. I am so excited about this writer. Excellent. Well, Excellent. I think that another one does pretty much exactly what you just said, too. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. really excited about this writer. Because also, I mean, it, it's it's a difficult, it's, it's a very kind of like, I don't want to quite say Norman Rockwell. I feel like that's one of those things that I'll say. And then, you know, like if I, if I, if I mention Norman Rockwell, then all of my students are like, who? And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. He was, he did the cover of my Boy Scout handbook and they're like, what? (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, I mean, this kind of Americana, this sort of like version of letter jackets and lawns and leaves and dad jokes is is like, I don't know, it's this sort of like Calvin and Hobbes um, (laughs) landscape that feels a little bit distant, you know, that we now have to make shows like, you know, Stranger Things where we go back to the eighties to try to kind of find this space. Um, and so I feel like in, in some ways, this is like a very sort of familiar landscape that's becoming less and less familiar. And I thought it was really beautiful how well he worked inside of it, um, that it that it felt so fresh and so familiar at the same time and so loving. Um, 
I think that's really hard to get at. Like I, I don't see a lot of poems where it's just so sort of like gently enacting a certain kind of love. Yeah. So our slushies are, are going to be able to find the, um, the poem itself in our, in our show notes. Um, as we we're, as we we're, you know, talking about it, it might be worth going back and just taking a look at it. Cause it's a, it's a small poem, right. But it captures, it captures the mood, this realignment that Jason's talking about. And it creates such a great image, um, especially there at the end, right. Of the, of the dad and the lawn. Um, and I guess I just want to point out, you know, I, this this impulse too you kind of want to bring your own baggage to it like you want to I, I know I do I want to be like oh yeah this is so familiar like I, I I can see this and it resonates with me um and I and I say that because I did not grow up with a dad right so the the idea of dad jokes is also very unfamiliar to me <laughs> which is part of the pleasure of the poem because it took me like a, a, a couple seconds to realize the, the joke in the middle, right? And mm-hmm. that that joking, right. that ribbing is in fact the relationship with the son, right? And so not your ordinary doppelganger. It's like, you know, you do get the idea that these two, you know, men are sort of, you know, cut from the same cloth, pardon the pun, right? There's the father <laughs> and the son, right? But it really is capturing this relationship, you know, on the on the turn of that joke and then the extension of it with the wave. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I, I do I do admire that for sure. <laughs> For sure. I also think just as um, as someone who I, I mean, I'm sure as many of us are just, you know, reading a lot about toxic masculinity yep. and everything that's going on right now for I mean, uh, just reading this kind of makes me like men again. In a way. <laughs> like, it seems like for a moment they're innocent to me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um and I really like the the Norman Rockwelly like words in the beginning for me are like like the hand me down and pilly and stretched out at the neck like they all just create like this warmth and like this this time when like everything wasn't like new and shiny um and I really like that because that also feels like kind of anti-capitalistic so though this poem is like not political at all and I'm making it that way and I don't want everything to be political. I just, I just think it's a nice counter to like everything that is like floating in my like sphere about men right now. Yeah. Well, and in order to get it, I mean, a letter jacket, um, to letter in a sport is, is also a bit of an achievement. Like you don't, not everyone who plays a sport gets to letter and gets the letter for the letter jacket. Um, Mm -hmm. the varsity jacket is kind of a, um, you have to have a significant, this person is an athlete. Yeah who has achieved something and kind of like, and again, again, like that's sort of like the, the slightly, I, I have a hard time believing that the hierarchies, the John Hughes higher, I mean, the John Hughes hierarchies of high school, I think were already more or less dismantled by the time I was in high school in the 1990s. Um, But yet they kind of still seem to exist here. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think they, they just became like different, right? I think the hierarchies just became different, but I, and I, I do think that it places it in like a certain time period too, with that word, like flunked out. Like that's so particular. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Addison, do you want to jump in? I'm in deep agreement with everybody. Um, it, It does 
like I get the uh, a nostalgic feeling for being back home or sharing clothes like jackets with my dad, and I can see myself shoveling snow in one of his jackets and that's the only thing that i can picture right now is the one year that i lived in queen village philadelphia and had a big block to to go around and i was wearing this oversized uh not a letter jacket just a like a cheap costco jacket um but i get good feelings from this like warm and fuzzies it's just so much more than the joke at the end okay. you know it's not just a burn pump at the end at all right right and I think had it just been that right it would have you know reduced the whole the whole project right <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean I, I, and I do I, I really do think it's about um, the dad taking this kind of perverse pleasure <laughs> in um, the sun's growing that, right. that, that, that as the sun leaves him, right. I mean, if they're out there, if they're out there shoveling or raking together, no one will mistake them one for the other, <laughs> but that because but precisely because he's moved on, I mean, right. he didn't take his le- letter jacket to college, right? He, right? he moved on and left these things behind. And the father is really enjoying or sort of inhabiting all of these, these sloughed off skins yeah. in ways that continue to have have impact that I, I just, I found really tender. Yeah, to, yeah. to take it back to your John Hughes uh, uh, allegory, I guess it's a, uh, it, to me it's like an alternate timeline where Uncle Buck had a family. Another reference a certain age will not understand. Uh, John, John, yeah. I can see John Candy saying, you can wear that with pee on it? I also like that that reliability the 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 poet feels or the the speaker feels at the end like and he'd wave back like for me um who's I've all I've also lost my father like I I always miss that reliability that he'd wave back like that there's someone there waiting to wave back at you and yes he's waving at the friends but really he can also he's just there he's just ready to wave ready in your jacket ready with your history for you whenever you want to come home and I just think it's just a really beautiful ending um yeah and I think he does a really good job too, like of 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 how uh, he does these lines. Um, when when you read the poem, you'll see like you know, it's it's really compact the poem, um, but it just works. Yeah, I love that that image too, right? Mm-hmm. That that there's this consistency, reliability, and that he's still busting your stone. Yeah, like the thing that, yeah. The thing that you're relying on is also yeah. taking a taking a shot. But yeah. in, a, in a loving way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, so, all right, Team Awesome. Uh, I think we might be ready ready to vote on <laughs> I this. I think we might. <laughs> and it's a real nail biter, this one. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's one of the most suspenseful issues. <laughs> one of the most suspenseful episodes I've ever been on. Um, so, uh, if we are ready, um, we're going to call the vote from here in Abu Dhabi and Joe's going to have to tell us, or maybe Addison's going to have to tell us, um, virtually, uh, through our lovely, um, 
Zoom application. <clears throat> I just I just saw Jason's vote fly by. Where do I where do I type inside here? If you go to chat at the bottom of the Zoom box. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a button chat. If you click on that, then that, that lets you kind of talk to people in a sort of instant messengery way. This break brought to you by Zoom. <laughs> you only get away with things like that when you're sick. <laughs> That's so crazy. We have to hover your cursor over the bottom. Okay. Okay, so Hello, it's, everyone. It's like live- it is unanimous. It's in. Yay. Well, I, I, you know, I'm so happy that we were able to spend some time together in this Daryl Jones love fest. Um, Oh my God. What a delight that Daryl sent us this poem, Not Your Ordinary Doppelganger. And dear slushies, again, you'll be able to see it in the magazine. Um, But when this episode is up, you'll be able to see it immediately in the liner notes in the show notes um, that we put together for you. Um, and yes, and three cheers for Daryl Jones. We hope, you know, your, your other projects and poems are, are rocking on. Um, and I wonder if anybody out there uh, in, in, in the world, right, in Philly and in, in Collingswood uh, or New York, is there anything else you want to talk about or, or maybe tell our slushies to pay attention to in the, the next couple of days or weeks? I hope you voted. <laughs> oh, right. That's today. Oh, I have to go vote today. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, at least in I so Pennsylvania and I guess New York. Yeah, no, we have weird stuff. It's like ranked choice voting and the civilian complaint review board and the rainy day slush fund. Um, I know all of our ballot initiatives and how I'm voting, but like I do have to get myself there and vote. And I could have voted early because we finally got early voting, but I did not because bar mitzvahs. <laughs> oh, because bar mitzvahs. Well, I love that, that our episode winds down with a reminder to vote because the whole episode really is winding up to voting. Right, and that's what the yeah. this is all about. Right? Yeah. We so, have a we have a democratic this editorial policy. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be a couple weeks. Be released weeks. until not today. You guys oh, wait, it's that. a regular <laughs> primary. The time capsule. It is a time capsule. It's like a little lozenge. Well, yeah, I mean, did people did people binge the episodes or do they kind of listen to them as they come out or like some combination thereof? I think if they, well, they're subscribers that auto it auto loads for them, so yeah. they probably listen as they come out, right? But nobody is listening today. Is only my point, except us. <laughs> Sorry, I each other right now. No, we're live. We're yeah. live to uh, NPR right now. <laughs> Surprise! It's live. Surprise. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, that was one of the happiest episodes um, we've had in a, in a long time. And I'm thrilled to pieces that we got to do it. All right, ladies and gents, happy slush pile. Yay. Yay. And we're clear. Okay, great. All right. Love.